This show is partnered with Idle Champions, a strategy game set in the Forgotten Realms and available for free on Steam, Epic Game Store, Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, iOS, and Android. Each week, our listeners get a redeemable code for an Electrum chest, and this week's code is M-A-L-T-M-E-N-U-I-C-K-Y. What's up and welcome to Difficulty Class, a show where we gather around this podcast table in your ears and talk about some dungeons and dragons. Each week we or a listener like you writing at a difficulty class at gmail.com come up with a topic, question, encounter, or anything else somehow related to RPGs and have some fun talking about them. I am one of your hosts, Allie Deitchman, and with me this week is... Trevor Bettis. That's right. So let's get right into our topic for this week, which we, we wanted to kind of take a step back from our, our loosey-goosey, have fun topics. And we're like, we should we should probably bring back a little bit of our advice. <laughs> well, like, like, it's, it's, it's like advice, but it's, it's mainly like conversational things that we hope people can possibly take something away from. I always feel yeah. weird calling it advice because I'm like, who the fuck am I? <laughs> <laughs> Trevor, you're, you're many things. <laughs> and an advice giver is one of them, I, I, I think, is you're qualified. <laughs> Um, yeah, so this week we wanted to revisit skill checks. Yes. Yes. Um, there are many of skills in D&D 5e, and not yes, as many but, as some other games, but... <laughs> but first, there's some, we, we, there's some things happened recently. Oh, that yeah. Got, that, 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 that got, well, that, that, that showed up and then got announced. <laughs> <laughs> we, thought we, we thought we'd talk about that a little bit. If you're listening to the Firefly Future, go ahead and skip ahead, because you, you already know, but you got the book, whatever. Yeah, some dude at Amazon or whoever is oh in charge of sending the emails out really like, needs to get a hold of things. Yeah, it, it's it, it is a problem. This is not so, a strike uh, three situation. This is yeah. beyond that. <laughs> yeah, no. I well, and somebody pointed out to me. Apparently, this was even happening during fourth edition. Oh my god. Um, to be fair, they weren't making like they didn't do a lot of big events announcing books. I think they did for the Menzo Barans and things because they're trying to do like the Year of Drown. They're like, actually, never mind about fourth edition. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't as big a deal. Now, like. We have D and D Live, which is happening in July, and that's where they announce the books. And Amazon was like, "Yeah, but what if we did?" <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. uh, by the way, b- before before we get into talking about this, I'm going to to put a disclaimer here. Yes, I have contracted work with Codename Entertainment, who has contracted work with Wizards of the Coast. I do not know anything. Anything I say here is purely speculation. I don't know anything. Leave me alone. <laughs> I love I love that. Yeah, you don't know much. <laughs> I don't. I don't. You know what, Allie? You're right. I don't know much. That's why who the fuck am I? <laughs> You're a man who is a lot of things and you don't know much. There's a, there's exactly. a pin for you. There we go. I'll put that on a shirt. Uh, yeah, so so over the weekend, uh, the wild but beyond the witchlight, which I feel I am going to fuck up saying many a time. Um, it's a mouthful. It is a mouthful. Uh, it, but it is described as a Feywild adventure, and it was leaked on Amazon. 
Um, I think it was like Friday or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And um, and then like soon after that, like I think it was Fantasy Grounds or something like that leaked the cover art. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then like a few hours after that, a Strixhaven campaign setting got leaked on Amazon. Also, <laughs> it was like it was like one, two, three, just <laughs> like. I feel so bad uh, for for Wizards marketing watching everything crumble. Um, but today, as of recording this, they, the the uh, Wizards of the Coast officially announced the Wild Beyond the Witchlight uh, is coming out September twenty first, twenty twenty one. And they did the they, the whole thing. Showed on D D Beyond. They showed on their website. Uh, Beetle and Grim confirmed there will be a platinum and silver edition of it. So they they just they're like you know what, curtain up, screw it. Yeah. No mention of the Strixhaven thing, which I don't blame them. This, they I feel, should tie people over. They haven't actually personally announced it yet. Yes. It was actually yeah. Polygon who broke out saying, hey, guess what? <laughs> oh, my God. Really? Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> I thought I thought it was also just Amazon. Good Lord. And then Good I th Lord. there was Christian Hoffer. I'm not sure exactly who he is, but he, he posted a link to comicbook.com gaming news. And so it was like... I can confirm the news that D&D is publishing Strixhaven, Curriculum of Chaos. And they just posted a, a big picture of what looks to be like the cover art. Oh, it w did it? Did they actually show the... I, I gotta... I gotta. This is breaking news, listener. <laughs> <laughs> 12 hours ago, today. Uh, oh, God. I just, this is I where just I'm retweeted just like, it. <laughs> this is when I'm like, curriculum. <laughs> hey, there it is. Okay, mm -hmm. um, I don't. I'm just gonna go to your Twitter account. But yeah, so what? What? What do you? I mean, we we love doing speculation here. I mean, yeah. we've done it every time there's been a leak or anything like that. What? Mm. What? What do you think is going on with with uh, Witchlight? At least it looks like it's gonna be uh, they're So the way they kind of like had their little reveal thing moment was like this character who is a bard who is a guest at the summer court and so it's like very obviously they're gonna deal with the courts uh there was some sort of carnival situation like graphics involved as well and there's a couple of artists that have already released like here's something i did for the book and it looks like mm. a huge just like fortress that looked like it was straight out of the mmo to be honest <laughs> oh wow yeah and i'm like i'm not upset at that it's really cool <laughs> that's um, pretty sweet and so i think they're the only thing i'm worried about is that they're gonna go like well you you all already know what what you know it's like out there in the wilds what if we made it not that and here's an adventure about it i'm like but i want to see where displacer beasts came from i want to i want to be in that wild area that is super dangerous and can kill you at every turn <laughs> yeah absolutely like i i i i want lore <laughs> imagine that someone's on a lore podcast i want the lore i know um, and like because I, lo I love the Feywild, but I kind of love it from afar because I'm, it, I'm like I don't I don't know enough about it. I know the Eladrin come from there. I know the Displaced Beast come from there from Orions and shit like that. But like I don't really know a lot, and I would like this to fill that gap. Yeah, I mean I'm kind of worried because I know that they have done a ton of lore through a campaign before. Like 
Storm King's Thunder. Oh, yeah. If you want to learn about the Sword Coast, play Storm King's Thunder. <laughs> yeah. You'll learn a lot through that book. But like, as far as learning uh, about like the Nine Hells, uh, like the Descent to Avernus did a little bit. I mean, yeah, okay. Nah, uh, you yeah, see what I'm I mean, saying? It, yeah, like it it gave some cool stuff about Avernus, but I definitely was left wanting. And yeah. when my players, you know, eventually did stuff that suddenly took them into the ninth level of the hells, <laughs> and I had to panic read about uh, Nessus in the uh, Hellborn Heist book, that yeah. I went to a whole different book. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and so I'm I'm a little worried that they're gonna stick very much to the little bubble around their adventure, and then that's yeah. it. Where yeah. I mean, and this is not the first time that I've said this on this podcast, but I would love a planes setting book of just like yeah. here's here's a book split down the middle of Shadowfell and the Feywild. Like yeah. there you go. And and a, and a, a thicker one than the fourth edition manual of planes, which I still have sitting over there because I hold on to it with dear <laughs> life. Um, but it's a very thin book, and I like yeah. I, I want like I want a couple stat blocks. Like I want a couple like detailed location things. Like, mm -hmm. um, but yeah. the thing, but I I recognize that this is an adventure. But at the same, t well, actually, here here's the thing though. So with Descent to Avernus and Dragon Heist, there's a whole gazetteer in the back about Waterdeep or Baldur's mm -hmm. Gate. If they did something like that, if I got some kind of like deep dive lore thing into at least one location there, I would love it. Even if they went into detail, like a bard who wrote about the courts. Yeah. Like, oh, don't uh, piss off the Queen of Air and Darkness because she can literally suffocate you with her thoughts. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it'd be great. And yeah. I, I am looking forward to, like, now that you mentioned it, stat blocks. Like, I am looking forward to all the different stat blocks that they're probably going to bust out in this adventure. Yes. Like, we only have a Fomorian, mm -hmm. a single one. And there's a whole entire army of Fomorians. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, we've got red caps, sure, but, like, and quicklings. You've got yes, the but three what about major second ones. red caps? Yeah, there's, there's so many just terrible things in the Feywild that can murder yeah. you. And uh, there's also at the same time, so many things about the Feywild that are beautiful and like, mm -hmm. and amazing. And I want to see all the stats for it. I want to see where you would put it in there because playing, running the Feywild near blind <laughs> yeah. is so hard. <laughs> Cause like you're, you're like, okay, I've got about five stat blocks and I don't want to use them because they're all under leveled for where my characters are at going into this. Cause that's the other thing. Like it, is this adventure going to be just one through 10? Like how most of them are, or is it going to be more? Cause the Feywild is a wild place. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the D and D beyond page. It doesn't say anything about that. Mm -hmm. uh, but let me go to the, uh, the D and D one. I, I, I hope listeners, you can hear me type in a way like I'm, <laughs> I'm the guy in the chair. <laughs> Just, I don't you know. think they shared literally anything beyond the name and the covers because they uh, keep yeah, saying it... that they're going to be like, oh, watch G4, which, by the way, interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I know that is. Going to G4 TV, the, you know, the, tel the, the, the television that's played in GameStop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it, it doesn't it doesn't look like there's uh, any info, they're just like, hey, come back during D&D uh, &D Live, July 16th and 17th, for details including new characters, monsters, mechanics, and story hooks suitable for players of all ages and experience levels. 
that's interesting. Uh, I, I, the, the experience level ones, like I'm wondering, I'm like, do they mean like how much you've played the game or like your actual level? Because that could I, be interesting. I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be how how much you've played the game. <laughs> Listen, don't 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 point out that I totally read that wrong and then just went with it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm very excited for it. I'm very excited for the alternate cover, which just has a displacer beast prominently presented on it. And I continuously make jokes with Tara that our cat is a displacer beast. <laughs> so I, I'm 100% getting that one. It kind of has, like, that feel of... What are those, like, kitschy 80s, like, horror books? Like, the mystery books? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It does kind of look like it's a Goosebumps cover. yeah. In like a good way. <laughs> yeah, there is a there is a, a a gesture on the cover that uh could give child me nightmares. Like he looks like he's from Are You Afraid of the Dark? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It looks like there's a whole circus. Yeah. Which. Yeah. Okay. It might be <laughs> knowing the Feywild. It might be an entrance, like similar to how Descent to Avernus mm. started you off at a city. Like, well, not just that, but like, uh, like the way the Vistani take you into, yeah, uh, the Barovia. Mm. Like the the circus itself could be your entrance into the Feywild. God, I, it's gonna take everything in me not to not to do the the I can't remember his name the jester from uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame. I'm gonna do his voice like the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> um. But uh, the the other, like we said, the other leak that happened was uh, Strixhaven was a curriculum of chaos. Yeah, which is uh, funny, amazing. Um, <laughs> and, and now I I don't I don't know a lot about Strixhaven. I've been out of the Magic game for a while. Uh, I will hundred percent be buying a box of the D and D one, but that's why I'm not buying any of Strixhaven because <laughs> I'm saving up for there where I just give like my future firstborn child or something like that to them to get all the magic. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I, essentially, it's 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 you know magic, but Harry Potter, and I'm okay Kinda, with this because yes I no. would. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm okay if it is because like I'm I'm cool with abandoning Harry Potter at this point. Uh, but what 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 do you know of Strixhaven? So Strixhaven is an entire plane slash planet in the Magic: The Gathering universe. Uh, it initially started when these. I forgot what they're called, but they're essentially pools of energy that erupted and out of them came these elder dragons. As you and do. yeah, and these elder dragons came together and uh, eventually they wanted to, they felt compelled to like share their interests. And as time went on, they actually created a school and each of the dragons focuses were their own college and mm. so there's the Silverkill dragon, and there's the Prismari dragon, the Witherbloom dragon, Lorehold, and Quandrix. Okay. And so each of these colleges are named after the dragon. Each dragon is still alive <laughs> and still very much involved in each college mm-hmm. um, to a point. Uh, and in the recent set, there was this whole storyline where essentially there's like this... Uh, really important job called the oracle and one of these guys wanted to be the oracle and he wasn't selected so he got really upset about that so then he created all these things and got all these people to join up in his club and it's kind of like a kill people club and Mm. then yeah and then he had a plan of going in and trying to utilize the energy like crystal that 
uh, was secured in the middle of the school. And he was going to summon this huge demon thing that was going to wipe out everything. All right. And through Sounds the, like a normal week at school. Yeah, yeah. And and through the powers that be uh, between planeswalkers and uh, good timing, <laughs> uh, they <laughs> saved the day. But um, each of these colleges, they, they each represent like a neat facet, a neat yeah. interest. Um, the Silver Quill College is, they're all about debate and uh, logic over emotions, so to speak. Sorry, I don't know. I immediately just thought of Ron Weiss. Like, I got kicked off the high school debate team for going, yeah, well, fuck you. And that's the <laughs> character I'm going to make. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, there's the Prismari. Uh, oh, by the way, the debate duelists are black-white, which mm-hmm. is a fun thing because they're... There's a ton of warlocks in the Silvercool College. Uh, quite literally, like half the the cards that you get at our Silvercool are like owls that are warlocks. <laughs> so you got <laughs> Bird Warlock as a character. So. <laughs> and uh, by the way, I really hope they are making another bird race because there was this big ass owl in the the character art that they in the, in the. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And I'm like, that'd be neat. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. they might just reskin an Aarakocra as an owl, but I don't know. Yeah. We'll find out. And then there's the Prismari, who are really neat because it's red and blue. Uh, they're all about art. Uh, but they follow <laughs> the concept of the blue's take on perfection and seeking perfection and the red's take on emotion and following that emotion. So you combine the two and they make the perfect setting for an artist. <laughs> uh, there's my favorite, which is Witherbloom, which is green black. It's the swamp guys. It's the swamp nerds. They're all about <laughs> growing stuff. They're all about respecting your dead. They're all about just figuring out what herbs go with what. <laughs> and uh, they really just don't necessarily want to be involved with too much stuff they just want to kind of work on their own stuff like if of all these guys are nerds witherbloom is one of the top nerds mm-hmm. <laughs> there is lorehold who is white red um they are all about history and lore and uh preserving that history so much so that they'll go to lengths to talk to spirits to figure out what happened back then they're like Indiana Jones meets, I don't know, some, the, the, I'm not remembering words right now. It's okay. What's the, uh, the New Jersey medium? Long Island medium? (laughs) There it is. Long Island medium. It's, it's Indiana Jones meets the Long Island medium. It's okay. guys. So like they'll, they'll do whatever they can to figure out what happened in the past. And then. There's Quandrix, who is uh, tied for top nerdage because they're literally all about math. They're green, okay. blue. There and it is. They are all about math. They are all about symmetry. They are all about. There's this card, which is my favorite, which is it's exponential growth. And it's like yep. X and a green. And it's like, okay, you got it. You get to double this the you put a one one counter on a creature and then you double that counter on that creature x times 
So it literally exponentially grows this creature. Nice. Nice. <laughs> like, I love that. <laughs> That's really awesome. And so what's neat about the the Quandrix is that they're the featured like character in there is this 12-year-old prodigy. Yeah. <laughs> who is like what? Like quantum mathics hard. <laughs> yeah. And it's like I she's really adorable, but yeah, all all five colleges are really neat. They have their own individual stats about them, and I'm very interested to see where the setting book will take it. Because yeah. people have been homebrewing their own like school setting and stuff. Yeah, for I'm, I'm for actually kind of like like the, the weird thing for me is that they're like, okay, we're gonna finally do Magic the Gathering and uh and and D and D. We're gonna go to Ravnica. I'm like, okay. Not, I don't know if that would have been the first place I would have chosen, but I love Ravnica, so let's freaking go. Yeah. And then like, now we're gonna go to Theros. I'm like, okay, that one's throwing me off. Like, I again, I love Theros, one of my favorite sets. Not what I would have expected you to, to go to. And now they're just like, screw it, we're going with a brand new set. <laughs> like yeah. So the thing about Ravnica and Theros is they timed that with the release. Oh, they did, didn't they? They did. They timed the Ravnica one at the peak of well, I the mean, return, the War of the Spark Ravnica set. Well, I mean, you, you got to expect that COVID had some kind of delay in it. That, that like, maybe that book was supposed to be out now. Um, yeah, I'm and... honestly surprised that they that Van Richten's came out when it did when this is happening because if they yeah. if you swapped those two book reveals My, it would make sense that would be perfect because van richtens would have been coming out in the middle of what september or something like that yeah. and it's like that'd be the perfect timing but yeah it's because the Strixhaven set is a one and done deal there yeah. there's not going to be a three fur it's that's it if mm -hmm. you're playing it now that's what you're gonna get <laughs> mm -hmm. i like that uh, in the end i'm really excited about it because Same. i'm i'm excited to see because they're gonna have new races they're gonna have new classes um or uh, new origins i suppose yeah. however they're going about this now um and it'll be I, interesting to see when it's it's a school all about magic mm -hmm. how D, D magic system gets integrated into it yeah yeah exactly because yeah the whole concept of like wizards and their quote colleges as their subclasses uh that might be flipped around a little bit because the wording is going to be a little weird i think <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah yeah so it'll but, be interesting to see yeah but uh overall i i'm i'm very excited for it i think you are as well and yes. we'll just have to see what the hell happens <laughs> yes D, &D live you, we'll probably do another episode like we did last year where we just go ham on all of it uh <laughs> yeah but until then, skill checks. Skill checks. So, yeah. this, I mean, okay. So, so you know, pulling back the curtain a little bit, listeners. We we we've talked for a long time about revisiting topics, and I think, and we have a few times accidentally. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, this one was more. Uh, uh, this was brought up today because I was having a conversation on Twitter with Anthony Joyce about a certain type of skill checks we'll, I'll get into later. But it made me think about how, you know, it's been almost two years since we had that original conversation. Mm -hmm. In fact, oh my God, Allie, you know what I just realized? What? Hang on. Hang on. I will edit this part out if I'm wrong because I'll look like a massive tool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why didn't you just, why didn't you just do that? Uh, oh God! Everything's terrible. Allie, help me! No. What are you looking I'm, for? <laughs> I'm just ruining the show. That's all I'm doing. 
<laughs> don't listen to me. No. Um, next week, a week from today, is th- is a uh, three years since we started the show. <gasps> no, th- two years, two years, two years. Sorry, I didn't could do math. Two years since we started doing the show. Our two year anniversary. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I I had, I had to look make sure I'm like wait wasn't it no it's how excellent. exciting is uh, that <laughs> yeah so it, it's probably it's been close to two years since this was uh, skill, skill checks was our second episode so yeah <laughs> it has been two years since we had this conversation and nice. <laughs> I I think that we probably do things a little bit differently so I thought we'd get an update about how we're doing skill checks now what we've changed in it yeah um. Do you, do, you, do you got any thoughts on that, or should, should I start on that? You you can go ahead and start us off. Go for it. So, I with skill checks, like I, I you know, we, we we had the conversation back then about like you know when to call them. In fact, that's even what it is like when to use skill checks. But it's it's more than that. It's been the kind of I've just been kind of lenient on them. Where <laughs> it, I I call for them when I do. Um, namely to just keep the idea of skill checks going. But I do think that l- they matter a little bit less now um, as, as, as for some of them. Like um, like an athletics check to jump somewhere. I don't, I don't really care. I mean, <laughs> if, if, I, I, I don't, I don't care. Just mm-hmm. jump. I don't give a damn. Um, yeah. But uh, but then there's ones like sleight of hand and stuff, and it's been finding use, uh, finding different uses for these, where um, like I man, what was it? I ha- I called for a sleight of hand check, and it caught everyone off guard because I think it actually had something to do with fighting, <laughs> and it, it it just I was like, well, you're moving your hands quickly, mm-hmm. like. That is what sleight of hand You're is, and very and, dexterous with your hands. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's it's made it made me look at these names and kind of get more vague with them. Yeah, um, because like like uh, medicine, medicine I've used normally for telling how somebody died or stabilizing someone. It's been those two, but. Um, a while back, I had someone that wanted to like look into like uh, they they went to a um, oh my god place with plants uh, to look for poison like a garden okay. yeah and um, I decided to have them roll a medicine check to look for ones that would do poison not because uh, they were they weren't proficient in either and I was like I think you should do medicine because it's uh you would know what hurts someone just having a knowledge of nature. Like, yeah, you would, but you're not proficient in it. So I, I had them do, Oh, sorry. No, they were proficient in medicine. That's why I had, the, I, I let them do it with that because I was like, I think it makes sense. You're proficient in it. And that's an area of expertise that I think you would have. Mm-hmm. It's more likely uh, that you would have read somewhere that these things hurt people more so than like in a scouts book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, I've been I've, I've been tiptoeing the way around way of saying this basically. I'm more looking at skill checks as what the player's good at that could be associated with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that that there's a thing in the rule book. It's like if you can argue for it, you know, your DM might let you do it. But now I'm kind of doing the arguing because it it it's. 
I think it's cooler when somebody uses their expertise and has that little niche thing in it than, you know, just rolling a nature check that they're not proficient in and getting a 20 and, you know, getting higher than I had the DC for. It's like, yeah, you, I guess you were awake during that scouting out, uh, you know, camp out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, so finding, like, I, I've even been like, you know what? You can use acrobatics to, to uh, kick down a door. Like, you fucking run up the wall on the other side and then drop kick it or something like that. <laughs> but but as, as skill checks, I feel like I'm rambling here. Skill, do you find that skill checks are being used differently for you or there's yeah. something you learn new about it? So two years ago, my players were 10 levels lower. Christ on a cracker. Yeah, that has changed everything dramatically. <laughs> okay. So... I hardly call for them anymore because the concept, really? yeah, the concept of, oh, yeah, you know, it's like 30 is nearly impossible when my players are like, hey, I'm going to try to uh, convince this person that I don't want to, that, that they should let me do this. I'm like, okay, roll a uh, persuasion check. And she's like, cool, I got a 35. And I'm yep. like, oh, really? What'd you roll? She's like, I rolled a 12. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> so it's not even like a crit or anything. She just 50-50 shot. She's going to get above a 30, essentially. Yeah. And that's kind of how it is for everyone at the table. And mm. they know each other's characters so well. Like, not even metagaming. Like, Bertram knows that Twyla is really good at talking, so he'll take a stand back, and he'll even push her forward, saying, can you, like, do this? And she'll be like, I got you. And she'll, like put her foot forward and, and say something and the same with like well there are several people in this room and you need to get to the other side without being seen everyone immediately is like looks at Sophia and he's like i got it and he turns on his invisible ring and just quietly goes to the other side mm-hmm. <laughs> more than he this Sophia the rogue can't get less than a 25 good god and like basically any skill check except for i think like four of them (laughs) so it's not necessarily because he rolled really high but it's just because of how the class works at this point because Mm. we're such high level and so asking for someone to be like oh yeah you want to barter with this shopkeep give me a persuasion check it's like they're gonna just make the man do as they say if i go with that route and so I have taken the approach of less using dice, which is such a weird concept for D and D. This is th- this is I didn't. Oh, listeners, you are getting you're getting me just surprised <laughs> right now. I I this is not where I thought this conversation was going to go. I'm enthralled. <laughs> <laughs> like every now and then, I'll use dice as like a uh, well, like how well are they gonna make that point? Like I'll kind of make use dice as a contest of them and they have to just flat DC, like not even adding their modifier. Like how well do they notice that they're being let on? Like, and that's just like the bat, that's the NPCs. Mm-hmm. Like recently, if you've been following me on Twitter, they're in the middle of Waterdeep Dragon Heist. They're talking to the Castle Lanterns, this yeah. really big noble family in Waterdeep who has a lot of power just have Asmodeus show up, just fuck everything up. <laughs> <laughs> and like, 
they're discovering things very quickly because, as I mentioned, Saphir can just be invisible. So perfect timing. Yeah. As Twyla is talking to Lady Castellanter just casually, and she's all like, hey, uh, can we convince your group to, like, help us out? Our children are cursed. And Twyla's like, that's really sad. Saphir, meanwhile, up in the, he opens, he just ghost walks through into the main master bedroom. He's like, what do I see? spoilers here. Careful spoilers here. He's like, what do I see? And I explained to him, and it's happening simultaneously. Meanwhile, this whole time, I haven't had either of them roll a single skill check because literally no one in that single entire house would recognize that either of them are playing the other. Like, yeah. there's no need to roll because they're both doing the prime example of what their class is meant to do. And it's okay. literally impossible for these NPCs to recognize this. Like, Saphir had to just go from one side of the room to the other, and a person was reading. <laughs> he was listening so hard at a door, he heard her turn a page. <laughs> Jesus. Like he, I'm like, oh, yeah, roll perception to see if you hear anything, just because, you know, rolling the dice is fun. And, yeah, he got, like, a 34. And I'm like, cool. Yeah, it's quiet, and then you hear a page turn. He's like, oh, someone's reading a book. I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just one person. He's like, okay. And so I find this that... This is interesting. This is really interesting because, like, this is... Oh, man. See, th- this is something that I've struggled with uh, in video games thinking mm-hmm. about, where if you're a high level, you should be good at stuff. Yeah. But... You know, so well. Let me back this up and talk about it this way. Mm-hmm. Essentially, we got two styles of gameplay. Yeah, we have ones where things have uh, uh, opponents have fixed levels, mm-hmm. and your level goes up. Uh, their levels will always be fixed at where they are in the story and everything. Then there's the other one, like say, like uh, um, like Oblivion, Skyrim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, everything scales with you. Mm-hmm. And one of my problems with that, I'm just like, I'm fucking level 60 with the bones of a dragon god on me. But this bandit malfo just ended my life. And that doesn't yeah. feel good. Like, but are you telling same... me I've destroyed a literal, like, war god, but I can't convince this shopkeep to lower his prices by five gold? <laughs> yeah. and and But then over here, you get so high level that, like, anything you do, you're just a god at. And yeah. and really for me this is kind of an argument well it is argument between Pathfinder and D and D and really you know three point five as well because numbers of everything went up exponentially mm-hmm. uh, fourth edition did the same thing where like I uh, I remember on my fourth edition uh, DM or DM screen it was just like all right th- for levels one through ten here's the difficulties for level eleven through uh, twenty here's the difficulties twenty one through thirty here are the difficulties yeah. and they would go and I mean like level 30 it was like impossible was a 50 like it was stupid (laughs) yeah and and but that doesn't feel good Mm -mm. because again it like it's just it 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 ends up feeling like dragon ball z where it's just like all right well we finally leveled up enough to kill frieza shit here's the androids uh they're more powerful than frieza uh okay well we got them ah crap but they let sell out and he's even more powerful it's like yeah, they, they keep one-upping. And that's my personal issue with D&D 5th edition is that mm-hmm. once you reach like level 15 or so, the power levels get so 
beyond it almost feels yeah. like as if it wasn't tested enough or something or it hasn't been played enough and so people don't really know how to run it and that shifts the tone of the game entirely from this like board game where you have to like sit there and strategize to a narrative where yeah. you're sitting there and figuring out how can we tell this in the best way possible which is like, and, and I'll be honest, you're making me nervous because I'm I'm taken back over as DM that mm -hmm. we, we we had conversations in our group and everything, and it was decided that I'm gonna pick up with the golden pals. They're level, I think I'm gonna have them be level 14. Yeah. When we start up, because they they deserve a level after you know Avernus. Yeah. Um But I'm now kind of now the literally this the last 10 minutes I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> the I, realization. Well, yeah, because I'm like Uthal's gonna fucking stealth everywhere yeah. um and i like it, it it's really hard to know what to do with that like i you know panic wise um but like what besides not rolling have you like thought of other things to handle it really not much i've i've yeah. tried a few things and it just kind of falls flat or it's felt like entirely pointless like mm -hmm. well why did we do that so you can touch dice, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because like, especially in, in I, I mean, I mean, this is a different situation because Dragon Heist is only meant to be played up to level five. But even then, like, if if your level, what 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 level are your players again? Uh, they're level eighteen. Gosh, I don't oh remember off the top God. of my head. <laughs> yeah, but 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 like, you know, a a group of level eighteen players walking into Baldur's Gate. You know, it's they're gonna talk to people. People are gonna come up with schemes because that's what they always do. Mm -hmm. And a thirty is impossible, but they're rolling thirty fives like it's nothing. Yeah, because because I've always had the thing in my head that I'm like, you know, like let's take persuasion for instance. If it's something a character would not do, I have always been like, no, it's it's a thirty. Like I I don't care if they're level two. Like they wouldn't do it. Yeah. And then you're you walk in like you're freaking Obi Wan Kenobi. You want to give me all your magic items for free, and you roll in a forty or some mind boggling d d twenty or something. And mm -hmm. man, that yeah, yeah, I it don't brings know. in the meta of, the meta of like, well, if my character is so persuasive, why wouldn't a forty convince someone to do something that they would never do? I almost feel like. I hate to say it, but like I almost feel like I would end up having to change it from a thirty to just no. That's pretty much what I've been doing. Like when it comes to NPCs, I've now established like their hard lines in the sand. Like pretty much like, oh yeah, does this shop keep barter? No, he doesn't. Doesn't yeah. matter. Does this shop keep barter? Yeah, he does to an extent. Cool. Um, well, no matter what, they're gonna succeed in bartering. So it's like this shopkeep, they'll know to go to over the other one. Yeah, I I really hate to say it, but it feels like you almost have to do harder lines where it's like, yes, this person will barter to a point. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it is just no. It, it, it is a 50. Yeah. Um, And it kind of turns into just like what I mentioned before, just narrative choices where the players God have to decide... It. And I have to decide, and there's still no dice being rolled. So these skill no, checks I, and the ability scores aren't doing anything for them. I, ju I just realized what it is, and I hate that I, I, I thought of it. Hmm. 
so longest time I have said, no, you do not crit fail or crit succeed on skill checks. No. B-Dave does that. And the entire time I'm just like, that's wild, man. You know, if that works for you, that works for you. <laughs> but now I'm thinking about it. I'm just like, shit. No, that is, that's the only way to balance it at high level. Because if the player rolls a one, it doesn't matter what they add to it. They fail it. And it should go the other way too. Cause let's say that, you know, somebody rolls a perception check and they're, you know, they're going to roll a 30 with a roll of five or some crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the, but it, you roll a deception check for the NBC, they roll a nat 20. Doesn't matter. They, they crit succeeded. That's what I was talking about earlier with the NPCs mm-hmm. with non-player characters. I roll a flat check of a one through 20 concept. I don't really necessarily look at their stats anymore. <laughs> <laughs> interesting because it's like okay Saphir is stealthing he's invisible he's pretty much impossible to see i'm gonna roll so i roll i got a nat 20 the goblin doesn't know where you are but the goblin knows something is here mm-hmm. and so it's like oh okay so i have to be careful i'm like yeah sure <laughs> okay so that um I still want to keep this this conversation to it, but I do want to get into the thing that that originally spawned the idea for doing this, which was uh, Anthony Joyce put out a tweet today that was talking about essentially secret rules, mm-hmm. like we have in Pathfinder, and well, Pathfinder Second Edition. Yeah. Um. And he's like, you know, we're we're in this digital age. It would be cool if a player got to click to roll, but the DM saw the result, so oh. that on things like stealth checks and whatnot. Um, they, you know, they didn't know how good they did. And I, I put in my two cents worth cause it was early and I, I didn't have enough mind restrictions not to. Um, and I, by the, that's the thing. I don't, I don't like doing that on Twitter. I don't like putting my two cents in this stuff. Um, but I, I know Anthony, like he, he, you know, he's been on the show and stuff. Um, and I essentially said, I'm like, as long as the player gets to roll, because, I loved the idea of secret rules at the beginning of Pathfinder Second Edition, but the more we've had sessions where there's hours without me getting to roll any dice, I'm like, I'm here to roll some dice. Like I'm having fun with the story and everything, but I would like to roll some dice. Yeah. And but this eventually uh, uh, moved into insight, and mm. um, him saying that he doesn't like the meta gaming of insight. That was, I think, our main contention and topic part of that episode two years ago. Yes. Well, I think we did a separate one about charisma in general. Yeah. Um, but the the thing the thing that I I, we ended up getting to, because you know, he was saying like some players treat insight as a a lie detector. Well, it's not just (laughs) that, as as a magical thing where they magically know all the info they need to. And I think, and I and I finally realized, okay, we're thinking about this in different ways, because when I do insight, even if they get a twenty-five or something like that, they get a clue. Like, if they're like, I, I don't know about this dude, I, I, I'm gonna do an insight check on him. It's like, okay, go ahead and roll it. Got a twenty-five. Okay, um, you, uh, he's not the person's not telling you everything. Mm-hmm. They're hiding something. I don't tell them what, like, it, it could be that they're trying to protect the sibling and it's out of good. Yeah. Um, And 
I, I, it's, I always end up doing it as a clue. And I, so I think that's like kind of where the thing comes from of insight is that it's possible that some DMS are just telling them everything. And that's why I've been misunderstanding this, uh, this conversation. Cause I'm like, Oh no, I just, I give them a clue. And if they roll low, you just, you're just like, you, you can't read them. So, uh, just looking over like straight up the player's handbook, and it talks about insight. Let me let me just read you this, and okay, and you'll see where DM stopped reading, and they're like, okay, that's what it does. <laughs> this is not directed at you, listener, who no. may be doing this as a heads up. No, no, but this is like straight up. You could have stopped there, and you're like, okay, that's how it works. Yeah, that's just okay. I'll go into it. Insight. Yeah. Your wisdom insight check decides whether you can determine the true intentions of a creature, such as when searching out a lie. And then it continues. Or predicting someone's next move. Doing so involves gleaning clues from body language, hey! speech habits, and changes in mannerisms. Yeah. And and so, because uh, I've heard this thing for the longest time, I'm just like, what do you mean a lie detector? Like, I don't... I, I, I And I guess that is just because, like, that's what I do. I just, mm -hmm. I give them a clue. And they might be wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I, and, I, and I don't mean, like... I, I give them something to interpret. That's what I mean by wrong. I'm not giving them wrong information if they score a high thing. Because my other thing was, um, the reason I don't like the secret rule, especially for insight, is if I am proficient in insight, I should know that my feeling on this is correct. Because a lot of people have been saying, they roll it, the DM will roll it, and then they'll be like, oh, you think it's good. But they're lying. And mm -hmm. I don't like that because if you are proficient in reading people, you would know that. Yeah. Like, like unless like, and I know in Pathfinder Second Edition you can crit fail saves and stuff like that. That may or checks that makes sense because that is in the rules. But as far as D and D goes, no, you you they should know that their that their feeling is correct that it's not lying to them. Mm -hmm. um, but they shouldn't, it shouldn't be like, this is their social security number. Here's their locker number when they were in high school. Uh, it's <laughs> like their driver's license is blah, 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 their expiration date, their credit card is this. Like it, it shouldn't, it, it shouldn't be all of that. Yeah. And I'm so gonna, I'm going to put out a little aside there. One of my favorite things to do when a player randomly asks for an insight check because someone's lying to them, but it's clear that they're lying to them. I'll be like, all right, go and roll insight. And they're like, okay. 12 i'm like yeah they're lying to your face you already know that and they know that you know that it's it's like when someone tells you yeah no you can take anything in the store it's totally free oh man i never even thought about like getting a low roll and the person like noticing that they're trying to incite them yeah because i mean like i i, I don't know why i never thought of that. <laughs> like it's it's very much obvious like yeah no you can tell or i like when people are like this person seems kind of odd how they're acting and talking because I like to talk out and role play because our game is switched to narrative very heavily. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I'm going to, I'm going to try to insight what's going on. And so their insight check then reveals more in depth description of the NPC. Mm -hmm. If they're fidgeting with their hair while they're talking, if they can't look at the characters directly, if they're having trouble avoiding a subject or if they are completely pointing out something that maybe the player characters didn't catch but the player but the the actual characters would mm -hmm. and so like 
I, I like to use insight as a way to not just read like body cues, but also reading the whole situation. Mm-hmm. And uh, that involves beyond just social encounters too. So like if they're in this dungeon and there's a puzzle in front of them, it's like I like to use oh. insight checks to figure out if they can gleam a clue from their whereabouts and surroundings. Um. Well, so, sorry, I got I got distracted there for a second. Um. But no, there. Uh. The. Oh my god! I totally got thrown off. There. <laughs> <laughs> um. No. I like. I. I hadn't. I, I hadn't thought about it in that way. Because uh, usually when I'm doing a puzzle and the players are having a hard time, um, I would be like, just give me a wisdom check. I'm now sitting here. I'm like, why did I never think to just do an insight check? Like that makes sense. <laughs> and that yeah. goes back to what I was talking about at the beginning of using these checks in different ways. Yeah. And that's because insight seems to be like the one thing that no one is particularly good at in my game. Like Roland is brilliant with wisdom and he's got like a, a passive perception of like 35 or something stupid like mm-hmm. that. And <laughs> well, yeah, that, that, well, that's kind of real quick. That's kind of where I wanted to take it back to the high level thing mm-hmm. of like, okay, insight I could see becoming a problem here. Yeah. And so that's why I like to, just in general, when I am portraying this NPC, give a basic concept. And then if they ask for the insight, I'll be like, all right, now that your character is like specifically paying attention because they noticed something odd in Allie's performance, <laughs> performance, right? Mm-hmm. This is what your character notices. And mm-hmm. so it's kind of like a way for them to still play the game by like listening and seeing what's happening around them. And then also rewarding them because they, they picked up on the little off thing that I did. Yeah, like I, I can, I, I, again, I, I hate that I'm realizing that crit, uh, crit failing and crit succeeding is kind of the answer to this because, like, yeah, if you have someone that is proficient in insight and they're level eighteen, they're going to be rolling like that, and like it doesn't matter how many vague clues that I give, they're always going to do it, and like I don't know, like unless you're an investigator, I don't want you being Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. again, if I had people, NPCs rolling deceptions and 20s came up, it doesn't matter. They crit uh, the check and they deceived them. Unless, of course, the player then crit too. And then, you know, then we got dueling crits. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that... Yeah, see, you've given me a new problem. I, I came in here wanting to talk about different ways to use skill checks and, and <laughs> hidden checks. And now I'm sitting here just like, crap, my players are getting up high. What do I do? Yeah, and then I come in here with like, oh, by the way, I'm panicking because my characters are level 17. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This yeah. is this has become more of a of Trevor and Allie panic because we've had realizations. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, harking back to when I told you how I just stri- straight up didn't do a fight with a dragon <laughs> and yeah. we just talked about how we fought a dragon <laughs> and that was like in game that wasn't post game or anything that was like how are you mm-hmm. doing this <laughs> yeah and like and don't do not get me wrong i i do i do love that concept and i would probably do something similar but i'm like i want to find a solution that's somehow tangentially still within the rules of D&D with a little bit of house rules and stuff where there's still some dice being rolled and stuff. But I cannot think of it, namely because I'm not a game designer. I'm a podcaster and I just, I again, who the fuck am I? Um. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's, that's one of my biggest worries. Like, skill checks aside is that 
power over power over power concept of just the supernatural or Dragon Ball Z, whatever have you, of just like, well, you defeated hell. Now what? Have you heard of darkness? Ooh, something bigger and scarier now that you're a bigger level. And it's like, I'm over here like, yo, they just took down like an ancient dragon. They took down this guy that was vying for immortality and now they're about to take on an even big threat politically and Valindra's supposed to be the end game and I'm like how am I supposed to make Valindra scary <laughs> yeah yeah and like I know how because it's narratively they're they're already worried about her and her schemes yeah. but it's like dice wise <laughs> Sorry, I, I was trying to go into D&D Beyond and find um, uh, some stat blocks that had, you know, that were around those levels. And I accidentally ended up in the homebrew thing. And I'm just like, Abyssal Orange Dragon, what the fuck is this? <laughs> um, that was why, you, you, listeners, you may have heard confusion. Um, <laughs> but let, let, let's see here. Just 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 for shits and giggles. Let, let's see what we got here. Um, I want something that talks. Oh, here we go. L'Oreal Silverhand. Fuck it. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Um, so, says, okay, so, damn. I mean, she's got Arcana plus 17, History plus 17, Insight plus 11, Perception plus 11, and Persuasion plus 10. So, that sounds about right because I just looked at Spencer's character sheet, Roland, and yeah, he's got yeah. that. <laughs> and, but the but the thing is though is that you know L'Oreal Silverhand is a uh, CR seventeen uh, human and you can't just suddenly fill all of Waterdeep with level <laughs> seventeen humans and yeah. and so like I because it, it's 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 one of those things again where I have trouble separating story from game mm-hmm. because where these people are in the story they should be dealing with bigger and bigger and bigger things and so it almost feels to me that that sort of town escapade stuff has to drop off yeah which sucks um because i love that stuff i know like we don't do shopping episodes so to speak anymore mm-hmm. um i have because they're probably rich as fuck <laughs> Yeah, well, be that, and also it kind of felt like pointless to go through the motions. Of yeah. Like, oh, you find the shopkeep. Are you going to talk to the shopkeep? What do they have to offer? And I'm just over here like, uh, what do you guys need to get? And it's like, I need to yeah. get some of uh, these things. I'm like, cool. All right. Uh, fork over this much money and you're good. I'm like, cool. Yeah. Because it's like that part at this point in this game isn't fun anymore. Because if you do roll dice, it's a guaranteed success, essentially. So there's no point in rolling dice. And there's no, like, downside. And Mm -hmm. these characters aren't the sort to murder someone randomly or steal from them randomly. So there's no downside in that regard either. So it's like, we'll just skip over it because it's not fun. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, you get a level 17 rogue. He's like, I want to pickpocket someone. It's like, all right, well, you rolled a one, you got caught. But the city guard comes at you and you could just murderfy all of them with a glare. Like... Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, like, damn. that's the interesting thing about it is, like, if they are going up against a creature or a person, it has to match their level. Otherwise, it doesn't feel like anything's happening, which is difficult for me as a DM, because, yeah. like you said, narratively, there's 
L'Oreal Silverhand isn't all over the place. She's yeah. who she is for a reason because she has a history. Not everyone has that history. <laughs> yeah. Not everyone has magical silver hair. You know, it's like <laughs> it, there's there's that whole aspect to it, and it makes skill checks so difficult to to, to capture and to still have yeah. fun with at higher levels. Yeah. Now, if someone's got a whole plan and a whole like DMs Guild thing that they'd like to shoot my way and just be like, buy my book because I have an answer, I will buy your thing. But we will tweet about it. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> like I I am like over here like just kind of hand waving him at this point, which it doesn't feel great because skill checks are a big part of the game. They yeah. are what invite the concept of like ooh failure versus success. And it's like, and we've talked about it before, like, you can have fun with both outcomes. Like, that's what drives the story forward. Mm -hmm. And as long as you're making skill checks that do drive the story forward. Yeah. Not just for the sake of, oh, well, yeah, you fell. <laughs> you yeah. can try again, though. You know, it's like, oh, wait, whatever. Yeah, it's, I've, I've, I've just been struggling with skill checks. And I guess this is the first time where I've really been talking about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, hey, we, we, we're, we're here for you. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners are here for you. They can't say anything, though. Appreciate um, it. Yeah. No, I, yeah, that, that is, that is one that I, damn. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I can't believe I am actually sitting over here considering doing crit fails and crit successes for skill. <laughs> I never thought I would be here because I used to do it. That's what I used to do in fourth edition. Mm-hmm. And then I read the fifth edition uh, book, and I was like, "Oh, all right, I'm gonna do that. That that sounds cool. That sounds great. I, I, that makes sense." And now I'm over here just going, "Well, fuck." <laughs> yeah, there there's definitely a higher risk reward kind of situation with that concept. And if I know anything from my players, is that if there is no risk, then the game isn't worth playing. Yeah, because it just means you're just gods whittling yeah. about doing whatever you wanted, and that's not really a game. That's kind of just telling a story with no opposition. <laughs> yeah, and don't get me wrong. Like I, I okay, so because I, I, I will address the person out there listening to this that is uh, yelling at their phone with ways to do this, and I can, and I bet I know the way that you're telling me, which is <laughs> okay. Let's say that there is that magic shop. Let's say that they do roll a thirty-five to convince them to give them all of their magic items and yada yada yada. Have the town guard come after them, arrest them, put them in jail, and and sure, yeah, okay, I get that. Also, where's the story? Yeah. And that and that's really I think the problem that Allie and I are getting to the core out here where it's just like it's harder to tell a story in a non high level place that has stakes to it that is still within the story that you're trying to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas you may as well just skip over it and get to that, you know, punchy punchy fight stuff again. <laughs> Which is unfortunate because we've talked about how much like we're like, I don't really care about the punchy punchy fight stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean like they're they're fun, but like yeah. my my group personally thrives on any time but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Well yeah, because they, they scry and fry a couple of giant lords, you know, they don't really care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who who needs I see. I'm I'm trying to find a way to wrap up this topic because I feel like we're both just like shit. I'm worse than when we started. This. 
So basically what I'm saying is use your insight to give clues. Be wary about how higher levels are getting because that means that you might need to be more creative. I know. I am the weary. (laughs) Um, Consider letting your players actually succeed in whatever they're obscenely good at. Like I'm looking at Roland's character sheet here. He's got a... 19 in perception good god like yeah roland's gonna be able to tell something from across the street he'd be able to see the hobbits and isengard from freaking prance and pony yeah (laughs) the eye of sauron's gonna look at him and he's gonna look back it's (laughs) it's just who he is (laughs) Um, take a chance to consider and always remember that it's in parentheses to use the ability that they suggest? Yeah. I, I, I At one point I was going to talk, I, but I think we talked about that in the previous episode, yeah. which go back and listen to. We're recording in a very echoey hot room. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like the best um, example, if you want to think about it, is intimidation. Intimidation yeah, can be used with every single ability check easily. 100%. 100%. Like there's an example every time. Every person can consider a time when intimidation Heck, is used in a different ability. E- if a if a monk was inspecting another monk, I'd tell them they could roll a dex insight check. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Because yeah, because uh, like, it's like you know how you move, you know how you know these movements go. You'd yeah. be able to tell. Um. Yeah. No. Like that. That definitely a hundred percent. I am yeah. just over here now freaking out. <laughs> like when my players are trying to figure out a puzzle in particular that's more so like math based than just like move pieces around kind of based. I'm like mm-hmm. use an int based wisdom, like int based yeah. insight check. I like an int based wisdom personally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's it consider just erasing all those parentheses and just picking whatever you think would fit best because the skill itself they're proficient in so it could be perception charisma like are they looking into this group of people and can they spot the nobles among them Mm -hmm. you know it's like because they'd be able to tell like oh yeah i've been to a social gathering before i know who what click is to look out for and it's like sure if they're proficient they just add the proficiency bonus to the ability score that you're asking. And that's what's important to keep in mind because the PHB doesn't necessarily like hone that in. I think they say it like once, but then they classify every skill under the specific uh, ability that they have it under. Mm -hmm. So like they say specifically like intelligence checks, arcana. (laughs) And so, but I think they do mention at some point that you could use other things for it, but I don't remember where. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know, and Jeremy Crawford's talked uh, extensively about that. Mm-hmm. The only yeah. thing that is not up for debate is the saving throws, but that's just a whole other topic. That's a whole other topic. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, listeners, if if you have if you've run high level adventures uh, more often than we have, because obviously we're, we're we're getting into our unfamiliar territory here. Um, please send those into difficultyclass at gmail.com because I'd love to hear how you handled skill checks in non-heroic settings um, and see if uh, if you got anything that's better than me making crits happen on my <laughs> skill checks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's something I would like to avoid because that's just like 
luck of the dice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and if your character's got a 19 perception, why would they fail? Yeah. <laughs> if not to just keep up that risk, right? Yep. But, I mean, uh, do you got anything else that you want to add? No, I think I might have, but this is, I'm now just sitting over here freaking out. <laughs> Like I said, I, I I had somewhere else this was going with. I still think that the the this was a better topic. Honestly, this was we skill this evolved into a better levels. <laughs> skill checks at higher levels, which I'm tempted to name the episode, but then everyone's gonna be really confused until we hit that point. <laughs> <laughs> until thirty minutes in, <laughs> it was more than that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, we they'll be very confused. <laughs> if you're All confused, right. listener, I'm sorry. Yeah, same. <laughs> But I, that was our show for this week. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want to support it, the best way to do that is by leaving a review on your service of choice as well as telling your friends about the show. If you'd like your questions, advice, or stories, or just, you know, those DMs, guilds, things, just send them my way. Um, yes. Re- we're not, by the way, I'm going to clarify, we're not asking for free stuff. No, send us link. the link and we will buy it. That's yeah. not what we're asking for. No, we I want to support buy your you. stuff. <laughs> uh Send all these things into difficultyclass at gmail.com. And if you'd like to stay up to date on the show, you can follow us on Twitter at difficultyclass. And you could follow me on Twitter at alleybug321 and the Roomy Roamers uh, yeah. Twitter account as well for the actual play I'm doing. And Trevor, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter at the Trevor. There isn't a hiding in there and the plethora of podcasts that I do besides this awesome one. Go to his link tree. You'll find it all. <laughs> yeah, go to my link tree. Um, so, you know, until next week, have a good game.